When I released my book on how to live to at least 180 called Superhuman, I interviewed a few experts for a special project, and one of them was Layla Ali Conway. She's not only the daughter of a world-famous athlete, she herself is a world-class athlete, a fitness and wellness expert, a home chef, and a cooking enthusiast, and she's founder of the Layla Ali Lifestyle brand, and she's a mother of two. Following in her father, Muhammad Ali's footsteps, Layla is a former professional boxer, two-time Hall of Famer, and four-time undefeated boxing world champion, so she literally knows how to kick ass. You're going to learn about how to make changes in your life so you can become a world champion yourself and increase your longevity, and more importantly, you'll learn how Layla's mindset changes things. If you want to be a champion at whatever it is you want to do in your life, She's going to teach you how to do it. I really enjoyed this interview. If you want to know what it takes to really be a superhuman, she can lead the way. Enjoy the show. I've interviewed leaders in medicine, science, lifestyle, brain health, psychedelics, microbiome, and supplements all around living a lot longer than Mother Nature wants you to. They're all sharing important information about how you can perform, your potential, and how long you can live. The wisdom from these interviews and the expertise in them is going to help you become your own kind of superhuman and live a very long, kick-ass life. Today, I'm interviewing an actual superhuman, <laughs> uh, Layla Ali Conway, who has just this incredible background in, in business, uh, promoting sports, world-class athlete, and uh, an incredible life that includes being world-class herself, um, being the daughter of a world-class athlete, and then uh, moving into uh, just dealing with your own biology. So the point of this today is that uh, you don't oftentimes get to talk to someone who has achieved on multiple levels like that about their path to being a better human. Uh, and if, uh, if her name is not familiar to you, Layla Ali has been a former professional boxer. She co-hosts Everyday Health on ABC and actually has you know, her own brand. And uh, like if you if you uh, watch TV, you probably know who she is. But you might not know that she's dealt with uh, a thyroid condition. And you also know if from reading the book or from listening to my show, I also have had Hashimoto's thyroiditis since I was in my mid-20s. And I got rid of my antibodies, but I still take thyroid meds uh, on behalf of it. So here's uh, what I want to do is ask you a few questions about what it took for you to become a superhuman athlete, first and foremost. First and foremost, what did you have to do to yourself, either biologically or emotionally, spiritually, in order to get yourself to that level? Thanks, Dave. Um, well, that's well, I, that, that's not an easy answer, but yeah. I will say that um, when I first saw women's boxing on television, I was about. Uh, 17 years old. And a lot of people would assume that I was just that girl that was like, oh, I want to be like my dad and hung out with him in the gym. And he's the one that got me into it. It's actually not the case at all. I wasn't even an athlete. I never participated in sports um, in high school. Um, I didn't realize I had it in me until I saw women's boxing with my own eyes and was inspired by the women that I saw. And I was like, how did I not know that I could box being Muhammad Ali's daughter? So it took me about, I know, it took me about uh, a year of contemplation to finally get the nerve to go do it because I had, of course, you know, the fear of what would everyone think? Will I be good at it? You know, I, I had never experienced, you know, being an athlete before. And 
it, it, you know, the seed had been planted. So a year later, I said, you know what, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm just going to try. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see how it feels because I didn't want to embarrass myself. I didn't want to embarrass my father. I understood the magnitude of coming behind his footsteps and the pressure that would be there. And I knew yeah. that if I didn't believe in myself and, and um, you know, really feel confident that I could do it, that I wasn't going to be able to do it because, you know, there's going to be so many naysayers. So that was something that I had already learned in my life of just my own conviction, belief, and confidence needed to be there in order to withstand all of the pressure and all of the naysayers um, that I would be facing, including my father. (laughs) So I spent about a year of training in secrecy. And that's when I realized that I had it in me to be an athlete um, because, first of all, I fell in love with boxing. I saw my body change. I, I was on a quest to figure out what is it going to take to not only be a boxer, but be one of the best to be undefeated was my dream. Um, and, you know, I, I of course, uh, it took years, um, you know, of learning um, and growing. But from the beginning, I, I got the best trainers I could find. I, I learned about how I needed to eat. I learned about how I needed to rest. Like, what would it take to be elite and be better than everyone else? And I was willing to do it all. Um, and obviously I say this all the time, you know, I was, I had a different meal plan. I had a different exercise regimen. I had different thought process back then when I was, you know, in my twenties than I do now, but, um, there was a total transformation in my body, in my mind, in, in everything within me, you know, to become an actual, actual athlete. Um, and then we can kind of break that down. But, um, you know, back then it was just the basics, you know, as an athlete, you're like, okay, you need your carbs and you need your protein. And how many protein shakes (laughs) do I need to drink? You know, and how many hours do I need to spend in the gym? How many miles do I need to run? How much rest do I need to get? Those are really basic things. Um, and then of course it's kind of evolved from there into motherhood and not being an athlete anymore, but wanting to maintain my health, my fitness level and all of that. A lot of pro athletes I've spoken with uh, towards you know the the second half or towards the end of their careers, that they're sort of saying, "Man, I I've taken a lot of hits. So, you know, whether actual hits in boxing or you know football or uh, really you know uh, marathons, what whatever it is." And they're sort of looking back, going, "Say, I think it took something out of me. Like I, I was I was burning more of of what I had when I was young than I knew I was burning." Do you think you push yourself too far when you were young and that that was a part of your thyroid condition? Or do you think that you actually like balanced it? So thyroid, I got when I was 15 years old. Okay. I started, yeah, my mother and my grandmother both have, my, my grandma had graves, my mother had Hashimoto's, I have graves. So I started really showing the signs of acting like a lunatic a lot of the times when I was young. And my mom was like, what is going on with her and her emotions? And just, <laughs> you know, just just my adrenaline and just, you yeah. know, sweating all the time, weight loss, you know, at the time. And she took me to her thyroid specialist and I had Graves' disease. So then I had radiation treatment, which is what my mom chose for me at the time. I was yep. a kid where they killed part of the thyroid and then now I'm on medication for the rest of my life. But then, of course, then it reversed it you know, to being underactive thyroid. So I got to take this medication. Um, and then I gained some weight and that had been the challenge, you know, I gained weight. So everything kind of reversed and just finding that balance. And as I've gotten older, you know, I've had to change the, my, my medication level. Um, you know, I've, I've had some adrenal issues and what happens is now I burn myself out more than I ever did. I think, well, let's just say, I, I don't really know because you can withstand more, you know, as, as the years go on, you know, your body starts getting to the point where it's like, okay, you've been doing this for many years now, starting to catch up with you. But I would say as an athlete, you definitely overwork yourself. I think 
you know, any elite athlete will. Um, just with everything that goes on inside of your body, the free radicals and all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, you're pushing yourself to the limit, which isn't really natural, but it's what we, we need to do. Um, so for me, I know I overtrained, you know, I would train smarter now, um, as a boxer, you literally train hard. I'm talking about six days a week and you take that one Sunday off and that's real old school. But now I'm like, you know, um, it would have been nice to get a little bit more rest, you know, for my body to recover than to be running and training and weight training and, and having men, I only sparred with men, hitting my body and yeah. then going and doing it the next day. Whereas you can maintain all because you think, you know, your fitness level needs to be high. But I remember in my, I was going through a, this is when I, I had a realization, I was going through a divorce um, towards the end of my career, my first husband, and I was drained emotionally and I was dealing with a lot and I remember being in training camp and missing a lot of training because I had been up all night crying or whatever the case may be. And I was like, I just can't go to the gym today. And I remember missing a lot of running, missing a lot of training and still being in shape, like still (laughs) going and fighting, still being in shape. And that told me, I was like, you know what? You actually don't need to run that much. And I remember even then I trying to change my training. I started taking two days off, you know, and it was just kind of like, you know, I still had to deal with the emotion and, and being drained in other ways. So I didn't really see the benefit of it that time. But that's when I learned, like, I really don't need to push myself quite so hard. You know, I need to spend more time on recovery. So thyroid has been there before boxing. And I definitely think that as athletes, we need to spend more time letting our bodies heal and recover because it's not normal to be obviously hitting the body, hitting the head, and on top of that, do all the training that we do, plus all the stress of preparing for a fight. There's definitely a, a data that shows that people who push themselves really, really hard, whether it's emotionally you know, because of, of you know a breakup or because of an emotional trauma or because of a car accident or a virus or because of overtraining or because you know they're, they're just type A and like, I'm going to be the best at whatever I do. They're the ones most likely to get an autoimmune condition. <laughs> so yeah, well, that makes hey, I'm definitely that person. So yeah. that is that is the story of my life okay. um, of trying to find balance because I'm very ambitious, I'm very dedicated, and I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. I'm a little OCD, so it's like the 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 my husband now, like he always is saying to me, "You need to just can you just sit down? Can you just like literally from the time I get home, you know, my kids at the time I go to sleep, I'm like on my feet doing something. I'm like, well, something always needs to be done, you know. So it's yeah. just like for me, I always have to remind myself that you do need to take some time, you know, because I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to keep going like this when I'm 60. Like, when are you going to stop? You got to learn to find balance for sure. And that's a, an athlete or just anyone, anybody, you know, why aren't you going to be able to keep going like this when you're 60? Because it's not healthy. Um, it's not healthy to keep going to the point of, um, being stressed out and feeling like there's always something to do and feeling like you can't sit down and relax. That's just not good to do at any age. So I don't mean, I don't mean, you know, Oh, my life is going to change when I'm 60 because you just get old and can't do anything. That's the whole point of why we're trying to be our healthiest and trying to nurture our body. No, I get it. I'm just talking about, I'm not going to be able to keep, you know, running around the house and doing everything for everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, which is harder becoming a mother or becoming a world-class athlete? A mother, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought you were going to say that. I, it is 
more work to be a parent uh, than I think anyone who's not a parent can possibly put words to. Uh, and it, it takes more energy and, and more dedication. And you actually get a rest day when you're, uh, <laughs> when you're training in the gym. You don't get a rest day when you're a mom. <laughs> Absolutely not. You, you, I mean, any mom knows, and there's different levels to parenting, of course, on yeah. how hands-on you are with your kids and how emotionally attached you are to your kids. You know, And it's like with me, being that I grew up with a lot of nannies and my parents being absent, I kind of over overcompensate in that area with my kids. But it's like, you, you know, we, we all have an idea of what you're going to get and you know, you get what you get and you have to work with it in terms of your child. Like my son is nothing like me in terms of wanting. he doesn't want to be a fighter, which is great. I don't have to worry about that. He has a totally different temperament. I wish he would be, you know, I would say, Oh, I wish he could just be a little tougher, you know, in terms of, but he's so, um, gentle and kind, you know, and, which is good, yeah. but I'm saying to the point where I worry about his people taking advantage of him. So yeah. it's like, I'm like, well, God sure knows how to work on, you You know, this is my <laughs> lesson for me. Like, you know, so that was just an example of, but just letting them kind of nurture them, but let them be who they are. And that's what I had. My parents had to do, you know, cause trust yeah. me, my dad didn't want me to be a fighter, but look what, look what he got. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you held off for a while. So he, he felt good about that. It's the same thing. My my kids are are pretty are, are pretty kind, and I dealt with a lot of bullying when I was a kid. And mm. uh, you know, I finally I was like, "Look, the teacher's not doing her job." So I'm telling my daughter, "Like, hey, look, this one uppercut is." <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like sometimes you just gotta, you, you know, you should you should run away if you can, you know. But if if you if you're backed into a corner and someone's hitting you, this is what you do. Look, and, you don't want to you don't want to get into that conversation with me. My thing is is that you know I'm like I don't ever want my kids to hit anybody uh, or start anything. But I tell them if somebody messes with you, you hit them as hard as you can yeah. because people pick on people they know they can get away with it with. And it's the same thing as an adult, you know, people bully and pick on certain yeah. people. Nobody picks on me. I don't have that problem. <laughs> you're, you're no, I'm target. just saying it's extreme. I mean, it's extreme because, you know, yeah. I can kick somebody's butt. But I'm saying yeah. in general, I never had that problem growing up because I have a confidence about me. Yeah. I have a, I carry myself a certain way. Yeah. And people who want to bully people try to pick the, the weakest. So it's like, yeah. if you, you know, you need to be strong that first time and yeah. show them and then they're going to move on. So it's, it's sad that we have to teach people this, but unfortunately we do. Yeah. And it's like, it's, you know, how to how not be a victim, but I, it's a conversation I didn't want to have, but as well as you, you don't throw a first punch you if, and you right. avoid it if you at all can, but if you're, you know, if there's no choice, you do it. So there's a certain exactly. toughness. And I think you've carried that toughness through into your own health quest as well, because I mean, if you can be tough and stand up to, um, you know, to someone else, you know, in the ring or just someone who's you know, being a bully in life, even you know, at work or whatever, uh, I don't mean physically stand up, but emotionally stand up. How do you take that energy and turn it around for yourself? So when you're saying, all right, I'm I'm not going to eat the pie or you know, what whatever would be a challenging thing for you, uh, does that discipline that toughness? Is it a tool for you in your own? I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to live a long time. Definitely. I'm not a fanatic, I will say. Okay. Um, but I definitely, it, for me, it's like 80% of the time. Um, okay. You know, when I'm on, I'm on. And when I'm off, I'm off. So I'm like, I know how bad a donut is for you. In fact, I just found out that I'm allergic to wheat. You know, um, it does. I don't feel it, but I know from food testing. Yeah. Um, and I know when I have too much, that's when I would start having stomach aches. But every once in a while, I'll still have a donut. You know why? Because I feel like when I say every once in a while, I'm talking about every few months. Okay. Because if I love a glazed donut, you know what I mean? And I know it's not going to kill me, right? It To me, it 
it's it 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 makes me it makes me it's gonna make me feel it's like I have to balance that out. So when I say that twenty percent is not on a daily basis, but for the most part, I know what I need to do. I you know I kind of have a plan. I know what works for my body. I know what makes me feel good. I know um, what type of foods I need to provide for my family. But hey, if we want to go out on the weekend and get pizza, then I'll let my kids get pizza because I don't want them to feel deprived and feel like that food has that much power. You know what I mean? In terms of just feeling yeah. like they have to go to school and watch their friends. It's already hard because their, their friends have all this junk and all these snacks and I'm trying, I'm teaching them and, and showing them like a lot of these people don't know any better. I mean, what can I tell them? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, they just don't, I feel you. <laughs> they just, I have to just tell them, I'm like, look, they just don't know any better. So, yeah. um, you know, but I, but I let them have certain things sometimes, but yeah, I think that I'm, t- I'm totally like, you know, I've, I've done different meal plans. I've done different ways of eating, trying to discover out, well, is it keto? You know, is it, um, this or is it that, you know, for, for my, for my body. And when I'm, when I'm on a plan, I'm on, you know, so I do have that toughness to be able to do it because I have a coach in my head basically. So yeah. it's like, if my thing is, if I'm not going to do it now, when am I ever going to do it? And I don't like that feeling, you know? So if it's like, if I cannot commit right now to my health and my wellness, if I say, you know, I've been kind of, I, I felt, you know, I've been shooting this show for 11 weeks. I haven't been able to work out. I haven't really been able to eat as clean as I like to eat. And I see it, the effect that it has on me. It's like, okay, you need to do something about it. You know, what can you do? I like to be in control of my health and control of my life. So that is what gives me peace of mind is knowing that I can make a decision right now, you know, and um, I think that because I know what it feels like to be at my best when I was an athlete and I was super lean and, you know, I'm always kind of, a, kind of, that's like my vision of, in my head of what I would love to be. But I understand that that really doesn't really work for me now. And it, it would take too much dedication to be that lean because I was lean that way because I was working out three times a day. It wasn't natural for me to yeah. be that way. And it would come, so, it would take it away from your kids. I mean, if you were in the gym three times a day, right? I don't have time. Yeah. And if, and if I, and if I wanted to look a certain, and it's not impo- that important for me to look a certain way. Um, but if I wanted to look that way without being fit, then that means I would have to do some dramatic meal plan. That's just not, and I'm, I'm 20 years older. I mean, come on, you know, you're <laughs> different. We're all different back, you know, now. So it's really about just being for me to answer your question the mental side of it for me is really just being realistic, being as healthy as I can be and doing the best that I absolutely can and not getting down on myself. Because what I notice is when I do have my moments of weakness, it's when there's a lot going on stress-wise and that will cause you sometimes to break away from the things that are already hard. Like it's already hard for me sometimes. I I naturally have a sweet tooth. I like sweets, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are things like I can give you, I can walk by the chips, I can walk by the fries, I can walk by anything else. But sometimes like if someone was to come to me with a glazed donut in a moment of stress, (laughs) I might be like, Oh, it's not that big a deal. I'll have a bite. You know what I mean? It's just, it's because, because my, my defenses are down, you know, but for the most part, no, I'm, I'm really mentally strong. But like when I said fanatic, I just meant there's some people that would be like, I would never eat a donut. That's horrible. It's fried. It's got, you know, uh, wheat and white sugar and da 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 da. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But like for me, I can eat a donut and still and still move on and, and get back on track, you know. As someone who grew up a block from a Winchell's donut shop <laughs> that my mom would take me to, I, I understand the glazed donut thing there. 
And, uh, <laughs> and as a as a parent, you know, I, I'm teaching my kids. Look, you, you have a chance to live for hundreds of years, but you got to take care of yourself. And mm-hmm. and they know I don't eat wheat. They've never seen me eat wheat, and and they right. don't do it. And I've, I've said, hey, why don't you go eat some wheat? And they're like, oh, we don't want to. And right. So we were in Europe where That's they, don't great. Put, they don't put glyphosate on <laughs> the wheat. So I'm like, hey, kids, I'm going to eat this croissant. So I pick their croissant. They call it dosant. It's like a fried thing. And I know it's uh-huh. bad oil. And, and everyone listening to this is going, right. Dave, what the hell? Like, this is the first time in 10 years I've had it. And I did it on purpose to show my kids. And I gave it to them, too. And the next morning, my son's like, my stomach hurts. I'm like, yeah, but mm-hmm. it, didn't it taste good? And he's like, it's not worth it. I'm like, all right. Exactly. Mission accomplished. So, and I like it that, you know, you're, you're letting your kids you know, live their lives and, and not creating fanatics. Talk to me about where you think you're going to be in 40 years from today. What's what's life going to be like? Um, you know, the the goal is to just keep smooth sailing in terms of just what I'm doing now. I feel great. I feel my health is excellent. Um, you know, I listen to my body, um, which I think is important. Um, I'm very open-minded in terms of making adjustments and trying new things. Um, but I truly believe, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm one of those people like that, you know, if I'm wrong, then I want to be wrong. Cause I made the choice. Okay. Um, so for me, um, you know, listening to my body and always being able to trust myself is very powerful for okay. me. I, things have to make sense for me. I don't, I won't just do it just to do it, you know, but I, but I'm open to trying things and see how they feel. So I think that, in 40 years that, um, you know, I'll still be healthy. To be honest with you, I'm not one of those people who wants to live forever. Yep. Um, I want, I, I, I have faith in the fact that I'm going to do the best I can with my health. And when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. And whether that be in, in, at 80 or 100 or 115, what I don't want and what my fear is, would be, is to feel like I'm not living the quality of life that I should or that I get sick because of some choice that I made for myself. So I'm talking about people that I see that are obese, okay, Mm -hmm. and they are, you know, not respecting their body and their life. That's how I look at it. Um, And they are, um, you know, eating on a regular basis and drinking or doing whatever things that they know are bad for them. You know, and then they end up with all types of diseases, ailments, can't get around, not happy, foggy brain, you know, just living, you know, but not living fully the life with the vitality that we're meant to be here to live. That is a fear that I would never want to have to feel like, man, like I did this to myself, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, but in terms of, you know, making the best choices with the information that I have and doing the best that I can. It just makes me feel good. And may the chips fall where they may, you know? Um, so do you ever do things in particular? I mean, anyone who's been a boxer is at higher risk of Alzheimer's. You know, we, we understand. Exactly. Do you do special stuff for your brain to, uh, to, you know, undo any damage that might've come from one of those hits? I definitely feel like I, I know I don't have a good memory. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com.
Um, and sometimes it's lack of sleep and just being a busy mom, but I think it definitely came from boxing. Um, so I know there's going to be effects there that you have to deal with. Um, and you can say, well, that's a contradiction. You just said you don't want to be somebody who something happened to because you a choice you made. I also had a passion in my heart to go yeah. do what I enjoy doing, you know, so that that's the balance there. So I'm not going to, at the time when I was a kid, I wasn't worried about, you know, the, Oh, I mean, come on. I mean, look at my father, you know, so if, <laughs> yeah. if, 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 if I was going to be scared, that would have done it. You know what I mean? And you could ask any boxer that question who looks yeah. up to Muhammad Ali, well, look at Muhammad Ali. Well, we don't know for sure that Parkinson's came from boxing, but we do. I know he would have had effects from boxing, yeah. even I, if he didn't have Parkinson's. I don't think Parkinson's does come from boxing, to be perfectly right, honest. Right, right, right. And my father, yeah. yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But my father even thought he got Parkinson's from pesticides poisoning yeah. and and he that he used to always say that. But even without Parkinson's, I know he would have had some effects from boxing, just slurred speech. And I saw that even before the Parkinson's came on. Um, so I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, I had I had to go after what I wanted to go after. But it's all about balance, you know, but now when I'm not fighting, I'm not in the ring competing, doing what I loved back then. Now it's about, okay, what works for me now is Layla, the mom and the woman, you know, going forward. So, um, I forgot what your original question was, but, uh, no, I, I think you, you hit it. I'm just, I'm really trying to capture how you, you think about, uh, undoing the damage that you might've done oh. when you were young. Cause I think everyone, as we age, God, I mean, I, I hit 300 pounds and I had all kinds of anxiety and all sorts of stuff. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and you're, you know, you're a, an unusual case because you're a world-class athlete in a high risk sport. Uh, and so looking at what, what are the choices that you're making now? Because you know, you can, you can afford to do whatever you want to your brain. Yeah. Right. And, right. and so it's like, you know, are you, are you getting extra rest? Are you taking supplements? Do you, know, do you scan your brain or uh, right. stuff like that? Um, and, and the reason is it's illustrative for everyone who hears this, who's interested in living a long time. Like, like what's your approach towards managing your youth now right. that you're, I want to, you know, like, yeah. And like I said, I want to, at while I'm living, I want to be, I don't want to obviously get, um, you know, um, sick in, in the brain or Alzheimer's or anything like that. So what I did is I looked into the um, ketogenic diet for that purpose. Yep. Um, and I started it and I stopped, but I want to start it again. I'm actually actually on my to-do list to get started and, and get back on top of it. Um, I also... I mean, I, I do the regular things that you would do anyway. It's not really about your brain when it comes to, you know, eating healthy and having healthy oils and the MCT and all that. Um, I feel like I've, I've done the hyperbaric chamber. Oh, good. So you've, you've addressed. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I've done the hyperbaric chamber um, because I realize that I am still young, you know, and there's still further changes that can happen that, that came from boxing. And now, like I said, when I was a kid, I wasn't worried about that. But now I have my own yeah. children. So you know, when you look at me now, would I go fight now? No, I wouldn't. Um, yeah. I wouldn't start my boxing career, not only because I'm older, but I'm talking about because there's, you know, my children's lives at stake and I want to be here for them. You know, I was at a different time and space in my life, you know, what, what was going on in my head back then. But I do understand the importance of preserving your brain. Would I ever want my kids to become boxers? No. <laughs> you know, you ask me that now. I'm like, no, I wouldn't. Do I want my, my husband was an NFL football player. Do I want my right. kids to play football? No, absolutely not. Because I'm like, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, 
it's crazy. You're just going to get your, get, get hit upside the head and get hit, you know, for a living. Like, but I did it myself, you know? Um, but like, I wouldn't want it for my children. Um, not only are they, that's just not really who they are, but I just wouldn't want it for them anyway, you know, cause it's just crazy now when I think about it. <laughs> well, the, the good news is that you've, you've done some of the big things that you can do to, to undo that. And, and part of the thing that really came clear to me in superhuman is like, we're understanding where these chronic things like Alzheimer's and, and like Parkinson's. Uh, where they where they really are originating and and the processes, and I I really really believe that we're on the cusp and already some of the things we can reverse, uh, some things you're doing already are reversing Alzheimer's at least lowering your risk and some of them actually cure Alzheimer's in studies, um, um, specifically around MCTs and and so I you have a shot at doing that and your kids too so we're living in a world where our kids will probably be able to take more risks and recover from them in a way that seems like science fiction to us today but i still don't want my kids to take those risks in mm-hmm. case in, in case you know they're they're bigger uh, so i i'm i'm impressed that you're you know, going out there and you've already done the stuff to uh, undo your youth at least some of it so yeah. Like you to do it's, it. yeah it's not easy that hyperbaric chamber totally because i get uh, claustrophobic oh, so wow. that that in itself was mentally tough for me to go get in there and do that and i need to do more rounds of it and you know it's 40 okay and i'm like <laughs> i'm like what six in and i'm like i'm telling you so it's like oh my god the 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 agony that i go through just you know but it, but it also strengthens my mindset to be able to coach myself through that freaking out the whole time but because the, the idea of being, you know, I actually was okay when I got in there. And then when, it, I, when I heard, I was like, okay, you got your little, you got your walkie talkie so I can reach you. Okay. You're, you're not going to leave me in here. Okay. We get past that. Then I was, I was like, okay, I'm good. It's not that bad. And then as soon as I heard that thing start getting zipped up and clack, 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 like I was like, <laughs> oh my God, like I, I can't, I couldn't get out. That's when I started, my mind started because it's all mental. My mind started going and then I was like, then you can't even just open it right away. You got to let the pressure out. So I'm like, how long is it going to take me to get out of this thing? So, yeah, but, um, you know, you have to know why you're doing it. And for me, the reason for doing it, obviously, is for my brain health. And that's what kind of made me think, you know, I don't want to give up right now and quit. So just stay in and keep going. Um, and, and then I'll be able to reap the benefits of it. So, yeah. But the mindset is, is super, super strong. <laughs> it has to be. I- I love your vulnerability there. Like, hey, it, it's it's scary to go in there. And so yeah. thank you for for sharing that with me. You're welcome. I think that we're all we're all worth taking the time to explore and be the best version of ourselves. And the limit the 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 possibilities are limitless, you know. And I think that we're living in a time where we get a lot of information, and it can be overwhelming, you know. But as long as you're staying on the journey of moving forward and your intention is to keep getting better, then that's great. You know, because I just can't imagine, I mean, there are people that are just waking up every day, not even thinking about their health, not even thinking about what they can do, you know, to, to be better. It's just about, you know, how am I going to spend my day, get these bills paid, you know, and that's not really what life is all about, you know, and then you, you just don't want to wake up and it's too late. And you're like, man, if I would have just done these small things or took, taken these supplements or it would have made a difference in your life. So that's we're we're basically doing the same thing in terms of encouraging yeah. people. I really like to try to reach an audience that 
um, isn't there. Like I, I, I read, I'm talking about those people that are like, Oh no, I'm healthy. I only drink clear soda. I don't drink. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we have a lot of work to do and a lot to learn, but there are those people out there. And I like to There's be able tons to, of them. yes, I want to be able to reach those people because, you know, when you're giving them baby steps, it's much easier. Um, I'm like, well, can you just drink more water? Can you have one salad a day? Can we talk about what you can add to your life opposed to what you need to take away? You know? Yeah. Um, and then they start seeing that you feel better. You know, can you have one protein shake a day filled with, you know, your, your healthy oils and put all the stuff in there so you don't have to think about each little thing? And it's like you start feeling better and they want to do more and it kind of crowds out the junk. So that's kind of what I do. Um, that's what I meant when I said, you know, I'm not a fanatic in terms of, you know, just how I approach things because there's so many people that need help that aren't even anywhere near on the right track yet, you know, and that's yeah. kind of what I'm going after. Well, keep doing that and I'll keep working on making the big food companies make the good stuff. And I know you've got a line of spices that are high quality that, that you've come out with. I mean, you wrote your book, Food for Life, and you're, you're really getting it out there and uh, bottom line is, if uh, if anyone listening to this is going to live to you know, 100 plus, you want everyone around you at all levels to also be healthy. Like, like that, that's a requirement for having a healthy planet and just having healthy society. So the the work you're doing is is meaningful and valuable, and uh, I I thank you for doing it. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you. And keep doing the work that you're doing. I'm going to keep supporting you because I love your brand. So. I- <laughs> Much appreciated. Thanks, Dave. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.